painful sex, peeing when you sneeze, heavy menstrual bleeding, hemorrhoids, these are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to crap women deal with after childbirth, surgery, or just living life as a woman. Yet no one talks about it. How can we live our best life as a woman, mom, partner, and athlete without having to settle for average sex or dirty pants? This is the question, and this podcast will dive into real answers. If you get offended easily, this is not the podcast for you. We get real, and sometimes real isn't pretty or proper. If you have young ones nearby, we suggest you put in headphones. We are Joss and Jenny, and welcome to Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs. Before we get started, if you like what you hear, follow us on Instagram, at the Vagina Doc and at Pelvic Boxer. DM us and we will personally answer your questions. For this episode and all future episodes, please keep in mind our disclaimer. The information on this podcast is intended as general information only and should not be substituted or used in lieu of medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, today we have a special guest on our show, Carrie Pierce, who not only finished fifth in the CrossFit Games last year, but is also the fittest woman in America. If you want to hear more about how she trains, what it's been like to be a female athlete, both at the collegiate and professional level, and just how she succeeds at life, stay tuned to our episode today. Enjoy! Hey Jenny, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Jocelyn? Doing well. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. So today we have a very special guest, as mentioned, and Louie, of course, has to step in. Um, We have a very special guest on the podcast, as I mentioned in our introduction. We have Carrie Pierce, who is currently ranked fifth overall from last year's uh, CrossFit Games. I kind of have, I'm starstruck right now. I can't believe that I have her right in front of me. So Carrie, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course, Uh, it's my pleasure. uh, So what I wanted to talk about today is just your journey as both from a a college gymnast into professional CrossFitter, life in New York City and managing like life, training, not getting injured and just like totally killing it in the gym. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey from uh, before you started, how you got into gymnastics, transitioning into college when you were at University of Michigan, and then where you are now. Yeah, so I did gymnastics for 18 years. I started at the age of three and then finished up my career, like you said, at the University of Michigan on the varsity gymnastics team. And at first I was struggling. I was like, what am I going to do when I finish gymnastics? Like I've been doing it for such a long time, but my body had taken a beating of the 18 years. It was, it was a lot. And I was physically ready to be done, but like mentally I still wanted to compete and I still wanted to do something related to fitness. So at least like my senior year of college, I knew it was going to come to an end for my gymnastics, but I still wanted to train and do some sort of fitness my parents actually met at a gym, so they were really big into working out and the fitness lifestyle and everything. So I knew I wanted to still be athletic after gymnastics. And right after, I talked to our strength conditioning coach, and I was like, Lou, what can I do? Like, I still want to work out, but 
I'm over gymnastics. I don't want anything to do gymnastics anymore. Like my body is done. He's like, you'd be really good at weightlifting. So I started interning at Michigan with a bunch of different athletic programs, uh, just teaching some of the athletes strength conditioning. And then also in the meantime, I got to learn weightlifting myself because a lot of, a lot of the athletes incorporated some weightlifting. So I did that for about five months, but I ended up hurting my back. I bulged a disc in my back and then also got carpal tunnel. So between the two, the doctor's like, yeah, you need to stop weightlifting and you need to stop squatting for four months. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? But also in the meantime, I was personal training at a gym at a Bally's Total Fitness. And one of the guys there was like, oh, you should, you should start personal training because you were a gymnast. You have the movement science degree from Michigan. Like it's the perfect background to personal train. So I was like, yeah, I guess I could do that. So while I was interning, I also was personal training a little bit. And one of the ladies at the gym that I was training at did a figure show. She's like, Harry, you should do a show. Like, I think you would be great at it. She's like, you're a little more muscular than, than me. So the figure probably isn't your style, probably more physique. So luckily, like, even though I had the back injury, I could still work around that. And I could still do leg extensions and leg curls and other things for my legs without having to worry about my back. And I could still train everything else despite the back injury. So I did that. I did a physique show. I actually got last place. Um, they said I was too muscular for it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? I'm like, well, that sucks. But I was like, well, I don't know if I really want someone to tell me how I should look. And I was like, I learned a lot about like nutrition and training and everything through doing the physique competition. But I was like, uh, I want to switch sports into something that's more like number based and not necessarily like you have too much muscle or your suit isn't fancy enough, which is like something else. They're like, you need more gems on your suit. And I was like, wait, pardon me. I thought this was like how we look, not a fashion show. But like I said, I respect all the athletes that do it. It just wasn't for me. So after all of this, then I actually ended up moving to New York City. I just wanted to change from Michigan. I was born and raised there, super comfortable with like my lifestyle. And I wanted to venture outside the box. So my ex was actually moving to New York for some fitness modeling. And he's like, do you mind if I move? Do you want to move with me? So he actually moved out to New York. And then about three months later, I moved to New York and started kind of a new lifestyle, but I was still personal training. And the gym that I ended up finding in New York had a powerlifting coach. And so he's like, Carrie, you're really strong. Like I see you lift a lot of weight. Do you want to do a powerlifting meet? And at the time I didn't know what that was. And he's like, you know, you just have to be strong. You have to do bench, squat and deadlift. I'm like, I think I can do that. Mm -hmm. I started training for that for about six months. And during all of this time, I had a teammate, uh, Lindsay Borden, who ended up hurting her back in gymnastics, but she did CrossFit and she went to the games on a team a couple of years. And she's like, Carrie, I think you'd be really good at CrossFit. You'd be really good at CrossFit. And like this little birdie that was in my ear. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything related to gymnastics. Like been there, done that. I'm over. And she's like, Carrie, it's like very basic handstands and pull-ups, like nothing crazy. And I was like, okay, well maybe I'll give it a try. So well, I was training for powerlifting one day, I saw the CrossFit games on ESPN at the gym. And I, after I finished my training, I'm like, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to watch. I'm going to kind of understand a little bit more of what it's about. And so after watching it that day, I was like, yeah, I think I would be pretty good at it. So November, 2014, I had my powerlifting meet. And then 
right after that was kind of when I was like, okay, I'm all in for CrossFit. So sorry, it's a really long story, but there's a little bit of everything that goes in there. So yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. Just don't want anything to do with the sport that just totally took over your life, broke your body down. Um, Yeah. And like, it was amazing. And I'm really glad I did it, but I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm over it. And that's a really, uh, I mean, that's a, such an involved sport from yeah. a physical and a psychological standpoint. So can you talk about uh, a little bit, cause I know I'm going to forget how, what the difference in gymnastics, like the sport is compared to CrossFit gymnastics. Yeah. So gymnastics, the sport is there's four different apparatuses. Um, you have vault bars, beam and floor. Uh and you have like structured competitions that you go to just for those four events and there's a lot of tumbling a lot of swinging you're balancing on a four inch wide piece of wood you're running down a vault runway as fast as you can at a stationary object it's a lot more flipping and twisting and turning and things like that crossfit gymnastics is just basic handstands pull-ups it's things you basically you learn by the age of five in gymnastics (laughs) okay so do you feel like that piece of you coming in when you're doing muscle ups or pull ups. I mean, I was watching your freaking handstand push up with the med ball. I'm like, gosh, that's insane. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All the, like the gymnastics background, like because you start handstands, like I said, you're doing all that stuff by the age of five. And then every day in practice well five days a week in practice you're doing handstands and you're holding it and you're constantly in handstands all the time whether you're on bars or floor or beam like you're always in that inverted position and such stress is on your shoulders that there's a lot harder things that we do I mean even though those are really hard it's just gymnastics trains you in all sorts of ways and you're in handstands doing a lot crazier things so that's just something that's like somewhat basic and the fundamental strength is there just from being in a handstand at such a young age and doing it for all those years it just it's like riding a bike too like I didn't do it when I was weightlifting and in the bodybuilding and powerlifting and stuff and then I went back to it and your body just remembers it so quickly which is amazing do you like when you see those in the workouts like in your in the in the competitions I mean you're like I love it yes yeah Yeah. you're like okay this is what I'm gonna do great at but sometimes you almost put more nerve or more pressure on yourself because you're like, everyone knows that I'm good at this and I'm expected to do well. Whereas if there's something that you're not good at, then you're like, well, no one expects anything out of me. So it's a little bit easier sometimes. Totally. Jenny, I want you to, I want to let you talk because I could totally just talk Carrie's ear off. So if you go next, unless you want me to ask my next question. So Carrie, I do have a question for you. And I guess let's just take handstands because that's what you're talking about. So you had this gymnastics background. So coming in and adding these other components to it was, I mean, you had the strength, you had the the skill to do it. When, well, I guess the first question is, do you work with people that are just coming into CrossFit? And if you do, what do you see as their biggest obstacles to learning how to even get into an inverted position? Yeah, so I teach some CrossFit, and that is one of the biggest struggles that a lot of people have. Like, obviously, there's a lot of different elements in CrossFit, but going into a handstand, most people, they're like, oh, I did that in elementary school, and that was it. And so you're like, okay, and you're how old? You're 40 now, and you haven't done it for 30, 35. So it's basically like you've never done it because your body doesn't remember that. And so there's a few different drills that, like, we like to do with people, and a lot of it is – 
going against a wall or going with your feet on a box just to kind of feel your arms supporting your body or you can like go on your head against the wall just so you can feel what it's like to be upside down or if people are really scared I've had people in class before they're like I just I just can't and so I'm like okay well if I take your feet and I just like put you on the wall like trust me that I am here I'm gonna get you if anything happens and most of the time at the beginning they're like very hesitant but then they end up accepting and they do it and they're like oh, do you see that did you see that I was like yeah I was right here and they get really excited about it um because it's like most people are strong enough to do it and they have body awareness it's just you get to being 40 years old and you've never been upside down it's just totally unfamiliar and so if you can slowly get someone into that handstand or even like starting in a push-up position with your feet against the wall and just have them like step up their feet to the wall so they're at like even like a 45 and then step back down and just kind of get the feeling of having a little bit of weight in their arms. And then eventually they can move their hands a little bit closer and closer. And eventually they'll end up working their way into that handstand, but it's definitely baby steps. Some people move a little bit faster than others, especially if people have an athletic background, they tend to have better body awareness, but if they don't, then there's still like little gradual steps you can take. And everybody, like I said, is kind of at a different level, but it's always really cool to see because we actually had, a 59 year old at our gym learn a handstand push-up for the first time like two weeks ago and she started crying and it was the most adorable thing ever so I love that and you mentioned 59 year old women so um with what we do that's kind of menopausal age and something that females have to think about is osteoporosis and so osteoporosis is just the loss of bone and so your wrist is one of the places you can develop that so I just think about going into that handstand position. There's not a lot of ways that you can actually load bone in the arm at, compared to the legs. And so that just makes my heart so happy to hear that you're helping these women do this and probably helping things that you don't even know that you're helping. So yeah, that's I awesome. Think about that. That's really cool. So you talked about that handstands are pretty easy for you. You see that in the games, you're like, oh, I think I'm going to do good at this. What do you think is the most challenging movement for you? For me, it's definitely the weightlifting stuff. Like just because I didn't start it till I was older and it's so technical. I didn't start weightlifting till I was, I mean, I say older and 21. That was like right when I got out of school and like running and swimming, things like that are difficult as well. But I think just the weightlifting is so technical and I don't know, like in gymnastics, everything overhead is fine, but it's when I have the bar like in front of me, just holding it for whatever reason, I think my lats and triceps are tight from gymnastics, just from all the upper body work, that holding something in front of me is just such a struggle. So it's something me and my coach are like constantly working on. It's the biggest focus right now is just getting better positioning, like I said, with the bar in front of me. And then also just like my leg strength too, because gymnastics is so upper body dominant that we're trying to get my legs stronger because I won't like go do anything for upper body and my strength is still there. If I stop working my lower body even for a week, it seems like it gets weaker. So it's just something, those are a couple of things that we're like constantly working on just to get better. How many hours a week do you work with your coach? So I see my coach two times a week and each uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays. And each time I'm with him, we do around a four hour training session. And then how many hours a day are you training just by yourself or with other people? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the time of year and train, uh, where I'm at, like in the season right now, it's about four hours a day and it's usually split into two sessions. Like usually the first one's about an hour to an hour and a half. And then the second one's like two and a half to three hours, just depending on the day. 
How much time do you take for recovery? So I have, I work out five days a week and then I have one day of active recovery, which is basically just a swim that's 45 minutes to an hour, depending on, uh, like I said, whatever my coach writes for me. And then Sundays are completely rest. But for recovery, I also like people always like jaw drop when I tell them I get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. And like every night I'll take an Epsom salt bath because I feel like that helps with recovery. Mm-hmm. And then also just doing a lot of like foam rolling and stretching. I do about half an hour to 45 minutes of that a day. So there's a lot of time that's built in there for recovery. And I mean, I noticed it, especially as I like increase my training volume and you're working out a lot, like you really have to focus on that recovery because it's equally as important to the training, if not more important. Yeah. The athlete that is going to recover faster is, can perform better essentially. Definitely. So yeah, that's such an area that, oh, I struggle with now. Yeah. Is so- yeah. And mo- most people, cause you're like, okay, I went to the gym, I hit it, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want to do, like when you're done is stretching and I mean, and sleep is the biggest thing too. And people are just like, there's not enough time. I'm like, I know there, there's not, I mean, luckily for me, like I, I'm always like, well, I'm going to be better at my sport if I do. So mm-hmm. I'm, I can make it a priority, but yeah, a lot of people just don't get enough sleep and they get their training in, but they're not recovering. And so they keep beating their body down. And I mean, eventually either they get injured or right. something happens, but I believe it's important. A key thing for the listeners here is your injuries or anything that you're going through may not necessarily but be what you're doing, but what you're not doing, and that Very is true. sleep and stretch and recovering, stretching. Just so, yeah. Thank you for for mentioning that. Um, yeah. a, a new study actually came out in one of our orthopedic and sports physical therapy journals. And it's starting to show that people that have persistent low back pain, I want to say it's like 47 or 49 modifiable factors that really have a large contributing factor to helping with back pain. And sleep was like one of the number one things. So I I think it's really interesting and apropos, if you will, that you mentioned sleep, especially since you function at such a high level that if you make it a priority, I think, you know, as much as you may or may not want to be, I think there's people out there that hold you up on a pedestal and that gives you a lot of power to impact a large majority of people in a very positive way. So very happy to hear about your, your sleep patterns. You mentioned that you had a, a back injury way back in the day, but as a, a female, as a female athlete, what has been your experience with musculoskeletal injuries? and healthcare providers. Yeah, so I, like I said, especially right now, since you know I'm a professional athlete, my body's so important, I actually have two main doctors that I see. Um, one, I go to a doctor every week and he does active release technique, um, just because I wanna make sure that like I'm really staying on top of everything that I do. Like if I have a little ache here and there, then he goes to fix it, he kinda fixes it just because my body takes a beating and sometimes I'm like, yeah, I broke down my body. So I need you to put it back together. Um, and he actually worked on the PGA tour for a while and he worked with the, uh, with some Ironman athletes. So he's very well versed in what he does. And I think, you know, that's part of the recovery as well is just making sure that I am taking care of my body and making sure that everything's kind of in line because I haven't, I should knock on wood, 
but I haven't had any like significant injuries since doing CrossFit. Like there's little aches and pains here and there, but nothing that's like crazy or like has caused me to stay out of uh, the game for months on end. I had a, an Achilles injury actually a couple of years ago and just wasn't smart about it. Didn't fully let my body rest enough and try to jump back in. I just, I listened to him, but not completely. And he's like, I told you you needed to rest longer, but I had a competition. I want to do it. And he's like, I said, no. And I'm like, yeah, but he's like, cause it was in Switzerland. It was beautiful, but mm-hmm. there was a trail run with holding a 10 kilo plate. And that wasn't a smart thing to do. So he was like, well, now you're going to pay for it. I'm like, I know. And I'm going to listen to you from here on out. Um, so that's just something that, you know, I make sure that we stay on every week and I'll do like some prehab stuff for my shoulder and for my knee, just to make sure like, cause those are the main places that will get injured with CrossFitters. Just there's such high volume on, I mean, your whole body, but especially yeah. those two joints. So how's yeah. your back and your wrist from previously? They're fine. Um, luckily, like when I had my back injury, I listened to the doctor and I took four months off of squatting. It was really hard because I mean, I was an athlete and I'm like, I want to, I want to squat and like even squat, step ups, lunges. Like I couldn't do anything like that. It was basically like leg extensions and leg curls. So it was very boring training, but it's one of those you're like, I know it'll be worth it in the end. Um, and the wrist, same thing. I, I only had to take like a month or so off of that. And then it was a hundred percent. So thank goodness. So snatching doesn't bother your wrists. No. And I actually used to like wrap my wrists for overhead squats and stuff. Cause it used to really bother them. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do like half and half where I don't wrap them. And then I do. And now I don't really ever have to wrap them. So I think they've gotten stronger just from the constant tension of actually like working them. So. Yeah. So you're preventative. You're, you're seeing a healthcare provider regularly. So you're up on top of things you're regularly recovering, you're sleeping. So to everyone that's listening that doesn't, that is struggling with some some recurrent injuries or aches and pains, I mean, you heard it, she's working out how many hours a week and she's not getting injured because she's putting things in place uh, to recover, to, to take care of her body before an, in, before an issue comes up. Um, so that's being proactive is super important. And then, um, also paying attention to the things that aren't necessarily directly working out. So the sleep component, I had something in my head and then it went out. Um, but, uh, I have a question for you, Carrie. So you mentioned that your, um, provider physician that you see for the ART worked on the PGA tour as an athlete, how important is it to you that your provider understands what it is that you do oh it's so important so it's funny you say that because actually like a little while ago I just I went to I and I hate to like hate on doctors and stuff but I went to just like a general doctor and he was because I had to get something like looked at for my hip because my ART like thinks that there's like something going on but anyways I went to see him and or see this general doctor and he's like yeah, well, you might have this, you might have, you just need to, you need to stop working because of what you might have. He wasn't really even sure. And he's like, you need to stop working out for about two months. And then we see if it gets better. I'm like, you don't understand what I do. Like, I can't stop working out for two months. Like that's, that. no, that's not going to happen. 
especially right now because I'm in the middle of the open, which is one yeah. of the qualification processes for the games. Um, and then I went back to my doctor after that and I was like, I really appreciate you just because like he understands what I do and he tells me what I can do to help fix the problem and not be like, okay, well you have to take two months off of working out, like not do anything. It, if it's like my knee that's injured or, or that's like aching or whatever, then he's like, okay, well do single, like do lunges and don't do back squats this week. And then we can see how it feels like he'll tell me alternative things to do. Not like just completely shut everything down, like stop working out. To I'm like, that doesn't make, what about upper body stuff? Like that doesn't bother me. So it's, so did you just completely like when that one doctor said, just don't do anything. Did you just stop listening and think like, this is a huge waste of my time. I'm never coming back here. Yeah. And cause one of the first things like, he's like, Oh, and what do you do? And I was like, I'm a professional CrossFit athlete. And so it's like, just from that, like, you know, my living is being an athlete. And then you're telling me that I have to take two months off of working out. I was like this, no, this isn't going to work. So. And even if you don't CrossFit, I feel like you have to live under a rock to not know what CrossFit is and what it entails. Yeah, definitely. And if you just say like you're a professional athlete, it's like, okay, exactly. obviously you need your body like to do something. Um, so yeah, just like once he said that, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And I went back to see my ART guy and he's like, yeah, let's, let's not do that. I was like, okay, I won't go back to him. Don't worry. That's the most frustrating, unhelpful advice that health healthcare providers can give to athletes. I'm like, why did I even come here? I'm, I should just walk out right now because it's yeah. time. And I feel like sometimes there's just like more of an old school thought. Like, yeah. like, I mean, I don't want to, like this guy was like 65 years old and I think he was just like an old school doctor that like, same thing of like your body weight versus like BMI versus like body fat percentage, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, well, your BMI says you're obese, so you need to, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm like 10% body fat. Are you telling me I'm <laughs> fat? Like, I'm not going to lose my, so it's still like, there's still, I think just that old school thought of like, things are a certain way and that's it. Something's hurting. Okay. Rest it for whatever. You're not going to do anything. So it, I do really appreciate having a doctor that actually tells me what I can and what I can't do. And sometimes like, like if I'm like with the hip thing, he's like, well, I want you to try and push it and see if certain things aggravate it. And from yeah. that, I can learn actually what's going on. So. Right. Cool. Yeah. So how would you, uh, how would you say mechanics, like paying attention to your style, your movement patterns when you're lifting protects, how does that help you? Because a lot of people think, let me just load weight. I don't care about my technique. Can you please speak on that? Yes. I will speak for days on this because I'm actually like, part of my like weightlifting technique is something that I learned the wrong way from the beginning. And so number one, it's not as strong as I should be. And number two, it's not as efficient. And then that's also how you run into injuries. So my coach, like right after the games this year, actually like, he's like, we need to rewind. We need to forget everything you learned about cleaning and we're going to relearn it because either a, you're going to end up hurting your back or your wrist or something's going to go. And you're just not as efficient in like when we have a ladder uh, for competing and stuff like your back gets loose, your back gets fatigued quicker than it should. So we're never going to be quite at that level that you want to be at unless your technique is good. So we, my, my clean max is 225. The first day I went to go see him, we were working at 65 pounds just to like move and kind of like groove everything just to make sure that I relearned the right, right way because so many people load up weight quickly and then they learn it the wrong way. 
And then you're like, well, you just screwed yourself because now you have to drop your weight back down and relearn it, which takes a lot longer than if you would have just learned it right the first time. And that's why I think like, and that's why stretch and mobility is so important because the better you're moving, the better your technique is going to be. You're not going to hurt yourself. And I mean, the more, like for me being a professional athlete, like the more efficient I'm going to be in those workouts and same for, I mean, anybody, like you want to be the most efficient that you can. You want to use as little of energy as possible to do movements and be able to move faster and, you know, ideally lift more weight. And so you need to be moving properly and making sure you're in the right positions so that your body can, like I said, be as strong as possible and you can just last longer in the sport as well. Yeah. So how, when, would you say it's better to not RX? Yes. Okay. Yes. I can can, move properly. Like, gosh, thank you. Because I get so much crap and so do other people for not going RX. And I'm like, I don't care about RX. I need to fix my crap Mm -hmm. mechanics right now. Yeah. No. And that, that should be the priority. And it's like, I don't care if you did a heavier weight and you moved like crap, come back to me in five years and see what your body's like then. You'll be, you should be thankful that you weren't going RX and you were doing it properly and learning the mechanics. And then down the road, go for it. But it's better to take it smooth and steady at the beginning and learn it properly than trying to rush. And then, like I said, and you're going to end up going back anyways because you're probably going to have to relearn it if you don't injure yourself first. Right. Carrie, how did you find your current coach? So, I mean, you are a professional athlete. You had a very, uh, you're very educated in your movements and just in general about movement, given your major at Michigan. So what qualities, like if somebody was out there looking for a coach, whether they were a professional athlete or just, you know, a regular active person, what qualities should they look for to know that their coach is going to be a good coach for them? Yeah, so that's, it's a really tough question, especially for CrossFit. Um, I was so lucky because actually my coach was, my coach was the Lindsay Borden, who's the girl who actually got me into CrossFit, was her coach back in the day. And I actually met him when I first started CrossFit, but I was working with another coach at the time who was amazing, but we had just like, I had done four years with him and kind of just like hit this plateau and felt like. I just needed to switch a little bit of something up. So I knew that he worked with her and he worked with a bunch of other teams. And one of his teams finished fourth at the games in 2018. So I knew he was a very established coach and he had been around and he trained one of the guys who was at the games. And I kind of like saw him, but if someone's like looking for a coach, I guess if it's in person, then I would just go in and I would, if it's with a class or however they're coaching, like if it's with a class, I would definitely go in and take the class and just see how they interact with people. If they actually like are focusing on how well someone moves and before like pushing weight, similar to what we were just talking about, or if you're just talking to someone over the phone, just kind of see like, you know, what their background is, what kind of athletes they've worked with. And then also, you know, just what they like their stance on training. Like if they, want you to do like a lot of heavy lifting and I I guess like just like kind of where their priorities lie like before I met with my coach I actually sat down and talked to him for three hours just okay so what are your thoughts on like my current weaknesses my strengths like how do we go about this how do we go about the training season 
So it really depends on the person and like what they're looking to do. But I think it's very important to make sure, like we just touched on that, the coach is willing to focus on the movement of a person and also give them individual attention because you need that one-on-one time and not just being a part of a big group because sometimes like if you hire a coach, then you're hiring them for a reason because you want to be better and not under the same like umbrella and training program as other people. Yeah, definitely. So how this is kind of off the topic, but mindset in training and competing is a huge piece. Yeah. How do you train your mind to, to compete at the level that you're competing? I mean, you are in, underneath the lights. That one, it, it, was it the, the clean in the, the latest games? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you do that? How do you yeah. that piece? That's a great question. Like, luckily for me, I started competing in gymnastics at the age of five. My mom was like, they had to like lift you up and put you on the balance beam because you were so small. So I've been competing, I mean, basically my whole life from the time that I could remember. So luckily, like I'm just a competitor deep in, deep down. So that's something that just kind of comes naturally. But in gymnastics, I think part of uh, why I was so, so successful competing is because we had to do a lot of visualization and like our coaches like would take like half an hour to 45 minutes every Saturday we would go and we would take a mental class, like kind of like how you need to focus and going through like visualization and stuff. And definitely like visualization is one of the biggest things that I still use. And like me and my coach kind of talk a little bit, like we talk a little bit about like the mental, like the mindset training and before a competition, if I know what the events are, then I'll like right before I go to bed, just close my eyes, go through them once, call it done, like move on. So I think that's something that's just really big like for my training and how I kind of get ready mentally. And if I ever like start to worry, I'm like, you've done harder workouts in training, like you'll be fine. How about in, when you go into a a day of training, how do you set the intent? Do you have an intent of each workout and like, Hey, this is, this is the goal of today's training. Yeah. Like, so most of the time my coach, he's great because he'll, I mean, like all the weightlifting stuff, obviously like the numbers are there and whatever. And then for each day, he's like, okay, for your snatches today, I want you to focus on finishing with the bar. So like really like throwing the bar and finishing because sometimes I get lazy there. Like for my cleans, I just want you to focus on rising with your chest and hips together because sometimes I do my butt and then my chest. So for each of like the weightlifting things, he'll specify like one or two things we think about because after that, you don't want to think about too many more because then your mind just starts to go everywhere. Um, And then there's certain like Metcons that he'll have me do and say there's like 10 muscle ups and then some thrusters and whatever. He'll be like, okay, let's try and do these muscle ups on broken today and see if you can keep that 10 reps for the three rounds or let's break it up five and five and see how you feel on the other movement. So usually for each of like the CrossFit style workouts, there's always like, a goal and sometimes I can do it and sometimes I fail but that's kind of why we train so that when we go to competitions I know what my body can handle so yeah there's always a goal in mind and sometimes the goal happens sometimes it doesn't but as long as you as long as I give my best each day then that's the most important part yeah 
Is there a day where you ever just am like, I'm just working out. I'm not thinking about technique. I'm not thinking about what was the last time you were able to do that? I, I, I mean, like there's some day, probably the week right after the games when I like wasn't okay. really, maybe two weeks after the games and I just like jumped into class. Um, but I mean, there is some days where you just like wake up and you're like, I just don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to train today. But luckily, like the people that I work out with are amazing. And like my coach is awesome. So it's that that gets me to the gym. And then once I get there and I get going, then everything kind of falls into place. But there's definitely like some days where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to try and get through this. And it's like, no, like you're here, like do it to the best of your ability. Like, otherwise you're just wasting your time. So once I get there and I get warmed up and get going, then it's okay. But there's a few days where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to try and just do what I can, whatever. Yeah. What yeah. advice would you get, give people to that are newer to CrossFit to essentially, I mean, for me, I want to be CrossFitting when I'm like in my eighties. Yeah. So, right. That's goal. So how would you tell someone, like when I first got into it, I was such a, I was an idiot. I got injured all the time because I just ego and all that, but yeah. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a newbie to keep, keep them in the gym and keep them in the gym and really make it like a lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, I, we touched on a couple of things that I think like number one main priority, make sure you're moving properly. Like that's more important than anything else, because if you're moving properly, everything just falls into place. Your body's in the correct positions. Like you're not going to get hurt. And then also just you know, listen to your body too. Like if you're like, okay, I want to go five days a week, but I don't know, like after that fourth day, your body's just really beat up. It was a really hard workout. It's okay to skip or do like, just go on like a light run or do some like cardio and stuff. Just listen to your body because you're looking at the long term and not this one workout that if you're completely exhausted and sore and maybe you should just do a little light cardio and do some stretching and mobility and stuff just so that it will help you move better for the weightlifting or the gymnastics or whatever you're uh, striving to do. And just consistency as well. Like I think, yeah. I mean, three to four or five, depending on the person, I think three to four, like good workouts a week pretty much will do it. And I mean, focus on recovery, your sleeping, your stretching, your mobility, just making sure you're moving properly. And like I said, listen to your body. If you have aches and pains, maybe, take a day of rest if you need it or really emphasize that mobility or do some cardio stuff that's a little lighter on the joints so that you can, you know, make your body last a long time and not be about like this year right now. And that's, that's my goal um, as well. I want to be crossfitting in my eighties as well. Maybe you guys will be crossfitting together in your eighties. That would be great. We'll be I like super masters. If, if I'm um, in New, are you, if you're in New York, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever go, I mean, I'll go back to visit the East, but I grew up in Pittsburgh and I'm like, man, I really like the West now. Although I've never been to Michigan. Oh, okay. It's really pretty. Michigan's really nice. Yeah. Where are you um, located and what gym do you train in, in Manhattan or is it not in Manhattan? Yeah, I'm in Manhattan. So my box, actually, well, I train at two gyms um, in Manhattan. I'm at CrossFit Spot which is like on the Upper West Side. And then I also, my coach is out in Queens at CrossFit Dynamics. So like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm at CrossFit Spot. And then Tuesdays and Saturdays, I'm at CrossFit Dynamics. 
Okay. And Carrie, if our listeners want to follow you, can you give us your Instagram handle? If you're on Twitter, any kind of social media where um, our listeners can follow your journey. Yeah. And get the abs that you have. So whatever program you have. <laughs> yeah. So if you follow me, uh, Carrie Pierce CrossFit, that's on Instagram. And yeah, there's a lot of fun app videos and things on there. So you can check it out. And then, yeah, I have an abs program as well. And the link is basically always in my bio. So it's my power abs. Yeah, Pierce power abs. They're perfectly symmetrical and just like, oh my God. They're thank definitely. you. I thank my parents partly for that too. Cause I heard like the way your abs are shaped are like kind of genetic. So I'm like, well, thanks parents. They met in the gym. So worked out well, but thank you. I appreciate that. Jocelyn. You're welcome. But I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, Carrie, we cannot thank you enough for coming on. This has been so enlightening and we just really appreciate you taking time out of your day or your evening. So thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. Of course. It was my pleasure. It was great talking with you guys. Maybe this will get Jenny to, to start uh, CrossFitting. Yeah. Going to CrossFit. You know, I will tell you the thing that has, kind of shied me away from it is actually the inverted movements. I, I don't think I've ever been inverted in my life, but after listening to the modifications and if a 50, it was a 59 year old woman could do it. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that I could do it too. Yes, you can. And like, if you go to a CrossFit and stuff, they'll, they'll take you through it. And if you need anything, just send me an email. I can send you some videos and stuff. Awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll report back. Okay, cool. Please do. Awesome. Thank you All right. so much. Of course. Jenny, anything else? No, I think that's it. So uh, stay tuned to our next episode on Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs, where we will have another um, surprise guest.